This is AutoLine Daily reporting on all aspects of the global automotive industry. General Motors and Tesla's lobbying efforts to extend the $7,500 federal tax credit for electric vehicles didn't pay off. Congress decided not to extend the credit in a spending deal that just passed. The credit starts to phase out once an automaker sells 200,000 EVs. GM and Tesla have already reached that threshold. Tesla's credit completely runs out at the end of the year, while GM's will be zero after March 31st. And uh uh-oh, the drop in sales of EVs and hybrids in China may be far more serious than anyone realized. Earlier this year, the Chinese central government slashed subsidies for new energy vehicles and sales plummeted. They dropped 50% in September alone. And now Auto Forecast Solutions reports that 90% of those sales went to public sector entities, including ride-sharing companies, taxis, and the government. Of the 1.2 million NEVs China made last year, only about 100,000 were bought by private citizens, suggesting that consumer demand is far weaker than anyone expected. Even worse, many automakers started their own ride-sharing services to buy those cars because the central and provincial governments would pay for them for every vehicle they built. Chinese media reports that thousands of these vehicles are now sitting unsold in giant parking lots around the country. China will remove the rest of the subsidies on NEVs next year, but will not remove its mandate for market share targets automakers have to meet. As a result, Auto Forecast Solutions predicts there will be a massive shakeout before July. Meanwhile, car sales are starting to look a lot better in Europe. According to the European Automobile Manufacturers Association, automakers sold nearly 1.2 million passenger vehicles in November, which is up almost 5% compared to a year ago. It's the third consecutive month sales have increased, and all the major markets in the region, except for the United Kingdom, boosted sales last month. But even though the market is starting to turn around, sales are still down 0.3% through the first 11 months of the year. Well, it looks like the PSA-FCA merger will become semi-official tomorrow. The Detroit News reports that the two automakers will announce a binding memorandum of understanding tomorrow that will commit them to a merger. If it goes through, the companies will be capable of making 8.7 million vehicles a year. And that's only behind Toyota, Volkswagen, and the Renault-Nissan-Mitsubishi alliance. Mercedes is delaying the introduction of its first all-electric vehicle in the U.S. Automotive News reports that the EQC will arrive in the American market in 2021 instead of the first quarter of 2020. Mercedes is pushing back the debut of the EQC due to strong demand in Europe. The company also faces stricter emission standards in Europe, so this move will help them avoid paying any fines. 3D printing is a great way to quickly take an idea and then put it into a physical form. In fact, the process is sometimes more accurately referred to as rapid prototyping. And that quick turnaround is a desirable trait to automotive engineers and designers. 
And with advancements in 3D printing quality, we're starting to see more 3D printed components in cars, and not just mass market cars. 3D printing company Carbon is expanding its partnership with Lamborghini to make the air vents in the automaker's first hybrid car, the Cyan. Lambo says it was able to cut its part lead time by 12 weeks, as well as eliminate costly tooling steps for traditional manufacturing techniques. If you'd like to learn more about Carbon and the world of 3D printing, check out a recent Autoline After Hours we did with Carbon's Dr. Joseph Simone. The next generation Cadillac Escalade is getting a giant display screen. The automaker is teasing the 38-inch curved OLED display ahead of the 2021 Escalade's debut on February 4th in LA. Well, we've got more information about Kia's all-new K5, which is also sold as the Optima, although that name could be dropped. The sedan will come with a range of four-cylinder engines, including hybrid options as well. A turbocharged 1.6-liter is new, and it comes with the automaker's continuously variable valve duration technology, and it's available in North America, as is a turbocharged 2.5-liter that makes over 285 horsepower. All engines are mated to six- or eight-speed automatic transmissions, while an eight-speed wet-clutch DCT is available with the 2.5-liter, and all-wheel drive will be available for the first time. The interior can be had with a 10 and a quarter inch display screen, 12.3 inch digital instrument cluster, and an 8 inch HUD. But as of now, we don't have any pictures. The new K5 will go on sale in many of the brand's markets in the first half of 2020, so we should soon be getting more on the car. And be sure to join us for Autoline After Hours on Thursday as we look at the end of a year and the end of a decade. Automakers had a fantastic run over the last 10 years, but the next 10 look like they're going to be a tumultuous ride. We'll have consultant Paul Eichenberg and Joe Langley from IHS Market on the show to point out the most important trends and where that's taking us. So join John and Gary for some of the best insights into the automotive industry. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. Mahindra was recently dealt a blow in its legal battle with FCA, which essentially boils down to FCA arguing Mahindra's Roxor looks too much like a Jeep. An administrative law judge ruled that Mahindra should stop building and selling the current Roxor in the U.S., but it doesn't have to do that right away. The judge's ruling will be looked at by the International Trade Commission, which will have the final say. It can take all of the judge's recommendations, part of them, rewrite parts, or reject it completely. And that ruling is expected to come sometime in March. I think anyone would be crazy to look at a Roxor and not think it looks like a Jeep. But I would not say Mahindra set out to copy a Jeep because it has a really long history with the vehicle. In 1947, Mahindra was granted a license to make knockdown kit versions of the Willis Jeep in India for World War II. After the war, Mahindra was given permission to localize the Jeep for the Indian market. The vehicle has received minor updates over the years and is currently called the Thar. But the last license it agreed to ran out in the late 80s or early 90s. So from that point on, the core of the vehicle and its body panels were not changed.
but it does mean Mahindra has been making these Jeep and Jeep-like vehicles in India, some of them badged Mahindras, for 72 years. In 2013, Mahindra Automotive North America was set up to help develop vehicles for global markets, as well as come up with ways for the company to expand globally. And one idea was to bring the FAR to the U.S. and sell it as an off-road-only vehicle called the Roxor. A number of things had to change, though. It had to make the vehicle left-hand drive, put a roll cage in it, and modify the intake and exhaust system. But most obviously, the seven-slot grille had to change, and Mahindra felt like it had a solution. The company had previously considered bringing a vehicle to the U.S. called the Scorpio, but felt its seven-slot grille was similar to the Jeep Grand Cherokee of the time. So in 2009, it signed an agreement with FCA that basically said FCA would not go after Mahindra on copyright infringement if it used the Scorpio's version of the grille. It never brought that vehicle to the U.S., but as you can see, the grille of the Roxor is very similar to that of the 2009 Scorpio. So I interpret Mahindra's argument for the Roxor as, we've been basically making the same vehicle since the late 80s, early 90s. We had a license to make that vehicle. And we have this other agreement that says we're okay to use this modified version of a grill. So there should be no problem, right? Wrong. Well, at least in the eyes of FCA. It says the Roxor infringes on Jeep's trade dress, which could be described as a trademarked image or appearance of a product. If the ITC rules in favor of FCA on all counts, Mahindra will have to stop importing parts for the Roxor, stop building them, stop selling them, stop selling parts for them, and would likely have to pay FCA a fine. What do you think should happen on all of this? You know, I think it would have been really nice to hear that Mahindra tried to pay FCA some sort of royalty for each Roxor it sold. But I don't want to see the Roxor go away altogether. It's a cool little vehicle, and there's a lot of good people that make them. And throughout the week, we'll be looking at some of those people in a brighter light and diving into more about the Roxor and what it's like to drive. But that's it for today. Thanks for watching, and please join us again tomorrow.